OLIFEM is a Horizon 2020 project with the main objective to improve the performance of small-scale concentrated solar power plants and their flexibility in order to generate power on demand. To this end, a new technology is proposed, a solar-driven combined cycle with integrated thermal energy storage. Alain Ferrier, my guest for this episode, is the project coordinator and project leader for the CNRS group. His field of research includes, among other things, the conversion of solar energy into energy carriers using concentrating technologies. Welcome to the EU Project Zone, a podcast series from Enlid and Friends, focusing on the energy transition and the EU Commission-funded projects that will help us achieve it. My name is Areti Daradimu, and I am the host of the EU Project Zone. Hello, Alain, and thank you very much for joining me today. Hello. I'm very would... happy to join you. <laughs> it's a pleasure. I'm glad to hear that. So I will go directly to my first question. Could you please describe for me and our audience in a few words what the Polyfem project is? Well, the Polyfem project is a, funded by the European Union. It's a research and innovation action under the Horizon 2020 program, the European Union. And it deals with the development of small-scale solar thermal combined cycle. And everything more or less is in the title. So we're talking about small-scale systems for electricity generation, which is very different in terms of targets and in terms of issues also encountered from, let's say, utility-scale generation systems. And then solar thermal. It means that it's solar energy, but converted into heat before it is further converted into another energy carrier as electricity, for example. But heat is also one product of the system. So it's clearly a polygeneration system. And then the combined cycle. So this is one also big target of the project is to propose to use a very efficient engine to convert thermal energy into work and into power then. So this is the combined cycle. And in polyfem, the combined cycle is made of a top cycle, which is a micro gas turbine. And the bottom cycle is made of an ORC, which is a organic ranking cycle. And in between, the heat rejected by the micro gas turbine is recovered in a heat exchanger. We use thermal oil as a heat transfer fluid uh, to recover the heat. And then this thermal oil goes to a thermal storage system which is a thermocline system. And then the, the heat extracted from the thermocline system is used to fit in the ORC on demand. So it brings flexibility to the generation of power. This is more or less the main concept supported by Polyfem. Okay, makes sense. Uh, thank you for the explanation. And if you can pinpoint which are the needs of the EU energy grid that it is uh, covering and how a little bit? Well, when we speak about EU energy grids, we think about a large system connected to the grid. And this is not exactly, let's say, the first target or the main target of Polyfem. Polyfem is more targeted towards a populations, for example, out of the grid or not connected or in remote areas, So, which does not exist really in Europe. I will be back later regarding the European market because there is one for polyfilm technology, or let's say the same technology. But the basically, or mainly, our target is as, elsewhere. For example, we have developed in polyfilm some um, simulation 
of this technology in other climate than European climate. And we have selected to date a community in Namibia and another community in Chile. So you see that clearly we are out of Europe. And the reason for this is that we're talking about very small scale systems. And we think that the CSP in Europe does not need, let's say, to answer the question of the, or offer solution for the generation of electricity for Europe, but generation of jobs for industry and creation of innovation for our industry sector in Europe for export. And this is one main feature of the philosophy of polyfill. I get it. So basically it is funded from the EU, as you said, it is targeting more small communities outside the grid, but who would be then the target audience of the project within the European Union? It might be, for example, the cogeneration with power and heat. This is not very developed in Europe, only maybe in Denmark we have some examples, or in, let's say, Northern Europe, which is not the best place to go for a CSP or solar thermal systems, of course. But this might be part of the future, or this should be probably in the ideas and the projections for the European policy for the future. Try to connect together power and heat. This is not the case today, at least in the south of Europe, in France, in Spain, in Italy, in Portugal, in Greece. You know, these markets, power and heat are completely separated and the actors are not the same. We have big companies in the electricity sector and other companies in the heat sector. So the idea is to try to combine this more in the future. And then solutions like polyfin might bring some very nice applications. Definitely. And I mean, we laughed a little bit when you mentioned the northern countries uh, when it comes to power and heat and solar energy. But the way we're going, uh, the north might become more Mediterranean than the Mediterranean. So <laughs> you never know what happens. So, sure. you, right. Could you tell me who is involved in the project? Well, as usual, I, I would say for research and innovation actions in the European uh, area, so research centers are involved. We have the CNRS for France, of course. We have also another French actor, which is the CA, the Commission for Atomic Energy. We have also a Spanish partner, CIEMAT, who does research in Spain in the area in the field of energy. And then we have also a Fraunhofer Institute of Solar Energy in Germany. And then we have also industrial partners. And we have two industrial partners in Germany. We have Kefir, which is located in Bremen, in the north of Germany. And we have also Orkan Energy, which is in Munich or very close to Munich. And Orkan Energy develops and provides the, the technology for the organic ranking cycle. Kefir provides the technology for the microgas turbine. And then we have also another industrial partner in Spain, in Galicia, so in the northwest part of Spain, uh, which is a very small company called Araela, and they develop the material and the technology for the thermal storage, thermocline thermal storage. And then the last partner is Alborg. Alborg CSP is located in Denmark, and they offer the, the technology of the heat exchanger to recover the heat at the exhaust of the microgas turbine. And they have also, well, all these industrial partners have also reflection or review on what could be the organization of the, of the market and the industry together 
and to bring this technology on the market for the future. And we have also a communication and dissemination partner, which is Euronovia, which is French also in, located in Paris. So we can say this is multi-European. Uh... Yes, in, in total, we have nine partners from four different countries, France, Spain, Germany, and Denmark. So this gives you quite a good, let's say, view on how the situation in Europe is, because you have north, south, east, west, uh, you cover almost everything. Yes, at least from the north to the south. Yeah, <laughs> let's say from Denmark to the south of Spain, because our partner in Spain also works in Almeria, in the Plataforma Solar in Almeria, which is located also very, very south of Spain. Exactly. So you see also the diversity in these yes. various uh, countries. So given this diversity of the continent's various grids uh, and know-hows, how can one storage solution function in a pan-European level? Is it even pro- possible? Well, uh, it's a very good question and very important topic, the topic of storage for renewables. If we only have variable renewables, we know for sure that we, we cannot make it. We cannot make it uh, with sufficient penetration of renewables. So we need storage solutions for this. And we have many, many solutions in front of us. Already existing solutions are solutions, for example, with water. You know, you pump water and then you use a hydro turbine to produce uh, power. It works very well. It's cheap, but it's not available anywhere because we need a specific, let's say, arrangement or topography for this. But this should be also used very massively when it is possible, more than it is today. So this is a very nice solution. And then we have also thermal solutions. And for example, thermal solutions like molten salt, it was developed for CSP, and this is very nice. And it could be used also, for example, to provide solutions to store electricity from variable renewables, PV or wind. We can convert this electricity into heat with an electrical heater and then transfer heat from a cold storage to a hot storage tank and then use this hot energy to produce steam and then go to the power within existing power plant today. So we can also retrofit existing power plant, coal or gas fired power plant with a solution of storage and take advantage of the variable renewable energy, which comes, for example, in during the day when the need is not necessary very high, but then we can recover this power and convert it into heat and then produce electricity on demand at night. This might be some solutions very, very smart for you, I guess. And, and which technologies best facilitate or and enable our storage needs? Well, I think molten salt storage. It's mature. It's mature. Then the question is, okay, how much molten salt do we need for this? We have to really think about it. Uh, is it available? It is produced in Chile, it is produced in China, not in Europe. So this might be something a bit of a an issue. If we, yes, yes, if we don't uh, produce it. Could it could become ourselves. an issue for the, the amount, let's say, of molten salt necessary. We need to develop this solution massively. But I think there is a margin. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because it's very interesting. It is something we don't do in Europe. We have to import it from countries that some, we don't, well, I don't want to be, uh, to be that person, but we don't have the best of reports, let's say, all the Mm. time. Sometimes we 
do have issues with them. So how can we promote that kind of a solution if we can't do it ourselves? Well, you mean the solution with molten salt? Yes, and yes, that's exactly yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Well, we have to look at the existing power plants, solar power plants using this technology. And we have a lot of them in Spain, for example, in Europe. So this is a very nice example. And based on these examples, and the results are really very, very encouraging, very nice. So based on these examples, we can convince industry that this is a smart solution. It works. And then the need for storage should be highlighted much more than it is today with renewables. When we hear about renewables, we hear about PV and wind. But of course, we look for the lowest cost of generation to become attractive. And it works, of course. There is a market for PV without storage. There is a market with wind for wind without storage. It is developing in Germany, in Denmark, in the north of Europe. This is very nice. But we know that the future is not in this direction only because there is a clear limitation. So we need to highlight the need for storage to convert yeah. these variable renewable energies into let's say, mustered or reliable for a generation on demand. Exactly. Yeah. And regulation will be important for that. So Regulation I, will be very yeah. important. If we look at what is occurring now in North Africa, for example, in Morocco, mm -hmm. they need storage. Spain, for CSP, the regulation in Spain very rapidly came for, by law, let's say, the, the solar plants needed to offer a storage solution. And this is very nice. And I think yeah. that we should go into this direction, including other other renewables, including PV and wind. Mm -hmm. and but if we do this, then they will look for solutions for storage. Fair enough. However, what do we miss when it comes to rules and regulation? Is there something that we should change in the current uh, regulatory mandates or uh, something that is missing? both from a European perspective, so the European Commission, and local authorities? Well, I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to comment all the regulations because I don't know exactly the details of all the regulations. But what I feel is that we miss, we are focused on the argument of cost and we spend all the time comparing the costs. We say, well, exactly. what is cheaper than this? Okay, this is better because it is cheaper. But we're losing the target if we go in this direction only. The target is not to, to save money. The target is to save emissions mm -hmm. and to provide exactly. power and to provide power when the population needs power. So this is completely different. And we so should we go do... into this in, in this direction through the regulations. Yeah. The regulations should highlight the needs for storage much more than they do presently. So a little bit of a shift in the centering of regulations, exactly. move a little bit away from the cost-benefit analysis and more into the needs. More of into the, the value of energy rather than the cost of energy. There is a big difference between cost of energy and value of energy. And we speak about cost and any time rather than value. And I think we should change this. Turn it around. Thank you very much for uh, for being with me and with our audience today and for sharing valuable information and for not being afraid to hit the nail directly with the cost-benefit uh, <laughs> analysis. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to talk with you. 
You've been listening to the EU Project Zone podcast, brought to you by Enlit and Friends. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and the Enlit Europe website. Just hit subscribe, and you can access our other episodes too. I am Areti Daradimu, host of this podcast series, and I thank you for joining us. Thank you.